Now we're getting to the bottom of everything. It's time for Mother Angelica. I mean, that's awesome. Answering the call. Answering the call. This world is no place for Catholic chickens. Answering the call. You call that a failure? I call it a great success. Here's Father Joseph and Doug Keck. It's time once again for Mother Angelica Answering the Call. It's the weekly radio program that highlights Mother's spiritual insights and compassion when dealing with questions from troubled callers to her live show over the 80s and the 90s. And I'm Doug Keck, joined as always by my co-host, EWTN chaplain, Father Joseph Mary Wolf. Great to see you again, Father. And always good to be with you, Doug, and to learn a little bit more from our spiritual mother, Mother Angelica. Absolutely, with questions that are are eternal in many ways. Uh, We've got teaching on sanctifying grace, how to meditate on the Trinity, advice on reading the lives of the saints, which Mother was always interested in, and Mm -hmm. up first we've got the world would change if we all acted like Jesus. Right, and so, of course, we want to be holy, right? That that was the question brought up here. Can we be too holy and put people off by being too holy? Well, sanctity is attractive. You know, if we meet a person who is truly a saint, we're drawn to them. We're not put off by them. Think of the rich young man. He's drawn to the Lord. What must I do to have eternal life? And the gospel says that Jesus looked at him with love. You know, and that's what drew him, and that's what draws people, those who are truly holy, and we want to grow in holiness, that there's something about them, and we the love of Christ comes to us through them. I think in a lot of cases you're talking about humility. I think, mm-hmm. and sometimes when people say holiness, they're really talking about what they perceive as false piousness or mm-hmm. piety, where somebody's walking around acting like, Look how holy I am. That's not true Mm -hmm. holiness. No, because they're very natural people. You know, you and I have come to know very holy people. Right. And I can think of a number of them that were here at the network, and they were just regular folk, right? But there was something genuine about them, something authentic, and we were drawn to that because we weren't put off, you know, by their aloofness or whatever it might be. Right, exactly. And and I think, as Mother always said in a lot of these situations, you know, if you're being attacked in the world, that means you're doing something right. Mm-hmm. And she likewise says the reverse of that. you got to be careful when the world thinks too well of you mm-hmm. because it's judging not by God's standards but by the world's standards. Exactly. So we look to the Lord for his approval, and we try to live in a way that's pleasing to him and let the rest think what they want. Absolutely. So let's find out what Mother thinks about what it would be like if we acted more like Jesus and could change the world. We have a call. Hello? Hi, Mother. Hey, where are you from? Frankfurt, New York, and I want you to know that I love you very much and you're my best friend. Thank you. Thank you. What is your question? My question is, I talked to my priest today. He's new, sort of, and he doesn't know me very well. But I talked to him about my sisters, how they weren't speaking, and I said, but they made up because... I talked to Mother Angelica, and at, shortly after that, they made up. I said, but now my sister moved out of the house, and she's on her own, and she's in a bad section. So I was kind of worried about her, you know. Mm-hmm. So I talked to him about it, and I said, I've been praying a lot. I say the rosary. I turn EWTN on, and I can't shut it off. I said, I wanted to go to church twice. And I said, is there anything wrong with that? And I said, what should I do? 
He said, well, you can't really preach to her because when someone preaches to you, they don't listen. So the best bet is either to buy flowers or send a card. And he says, do you have a boyfriend? I said, yes. He said, did you have friends or somewhat friends that were your friends and now they're not because you're very holy? I said, I don't know if that's the reason. He says, well, you've got to be careful of being too holy. He says, look, when we have mass, the people in the summertime don't want singing and they don't want homilies because they want to go home. I said, yeah, you do that, and then there's, you might as well say there's no mass because how are you going to understand the mass if you don't hear a homily? So what do you think? <laughs> You really want to know? <laughs> I bet even God is laughing at that you can't be too holy. There's no one ever too holy. I, that, that doesn't make any sense. It looks like what he's saying was be more part of the world and you'll be okay. You know, our Lord says a couple of things about the world. He said to be careful when the world thinks well of you. Mm -hmm. And he said the Father and the world have nothing in common. Nothing. You can't be too holy. I, I, I wouldn't pay attention to that. And you have a right as a Catholic, not only to have a real Mass, but to have a good sermon, you know. Sermons can't be judged by length. They can be judged by content. And what does it do for you? Huh? What does it do for you? You say, well, it doesn't do anything. Well, maybe there wasn't anything there. But most of the time, there's something there. Going to Mass is a privilege. That's how I get your, my strength and, you know. Communion, unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood, what's it going to say? You're going to be too holy? No. You shall not have life in you. You see? I would pray for your sister, not frantically. If you talk to Jesus about it, he heard you. He doesn't mind being reminded once a day. <laughs> I wouldn't gripe and and nag hears you he knows but I would certainly go to mass and ask our Lord to have mercy on her I wouldn't you know you can't make it a, 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 a one individual apostolate but you cannot be too holy because holiness means there's more and more of Jesus see that's what I read this this evening this you reflect and, and the, the more, more grace you obtained from the Lord by doing loving things, by doing virtuous things, by going to this Mass, by going to the sacrament, by confession, by communion, you cannot get too holy. We will never reach that degree. We wish we do. We would wish that degree of holiness God wants from us, see. But holiness is no degree of holiness too much. So I wouldn't pay any attention to anybody who says you're too pious, uh, you go to Mass too much, you go to Communion too often. Huh? Uh -huh. Very bad.
you continue offering your rosary, your masses, for that, for that purpose. But offer it not only for that, but the sinners of the whole world, all sinners. Those who die, not prepared. Die, those who die sudden deaths. So you go ahead and pray. I wish we were all fanatic. Maybe the world would change if we all knew Jesus. We all tried to act like Jesus. And, and we were loving and kind like Jesus. See? So I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't take that little advice too seriously. And next up, we've got a question about something we don't hear much about, sanctifying grace. I never forgot something that Bishop Malloy of Happy Memory said. He saw a bumper sticker once that said, smile if you're in a state of grace, you know. Mm -hmm. And it's true that if we're in a state of grace, we have sanctifying grace at work in us. There's a peace, there's a charity alive in our souls. And we really do have a joy of the next life. And so, yes, I think it is important to be talk about sanctifying grace, how we can lose that through mortal sin, how mortal sin destroys sanctifying grace or charity in our soul. And it makes it difficult, to say the least, to practice virtue when we don't have sanctifying grace within us. Right, and, and it's kind of this materialistic worldview that she mother talks mm -hmm. about in her answer, talking quite honestly about modernism and humanism and communism, uh, much more of that which we see today in many ways. But it is misunderstanding and not seeing that spiritual grace that helps to drive people mm -hmm. who are living a holy life. Yes. And, you know, this caller was upset that we priests are not preaching uh, enough about these sorts of things. We do need to preach, but we're all, of course, responsible to learn the faith. And that's what EWTN is hoping to provide, that if something is lacking, you know, in our education on the faith, that EWTN wants to provide so you can help to know it more deeply. Of course, we have the catechism for those questions, too. Right, and I think one of the things is to, to provide the avenues for people to educate themselves. And we all do want to make sure we're standing up for the mm -hmm. truth, but all of us also in the pew have to accept some responsibility to say, mm -hmm. look in the mirror and say, what am I doing? Uh, so let's find out what Mother has to say about sanctifying grace. We have another call. Hello? Hello? Where are you from? I'm, I'm calling from a hospital in Rockaway, New Jersey right now. Oh. I'm convalescing. I'm getting better. And uh, it has something to do with my call. Specifically, I was perfectly healthy. I'm 31 years old. And just like that, I moved the wrong way. I caused damage to my spine. And... I was down. I was down and, you know, I, I had to depend on God's graces to pick me back up. But when I looked into the situation, I seen that it was God talking to me and telling me to be ready, to, to have my bags packed at all times, because you never know when he's going to call. You never know when he's going to take you. So we need to be ready. I, I look in, and I see that, but yet... God bless our priests, you know, I think they do as good a job as they can, but when they talk about preparation and time like now with Lent and everything, I mean, not Lent, with Advent, talking about being ready for Christ's coming, we'll talk about the ten virgins, but they'll talk about loving one another and this and that, but you don't hear sanctifying grace mentioned, and, and the fact that we need God's graces 
through the sacrament of reconciliation. Right. And we have to be right with God. And That's right. It, it, it almost seems to me almost a crime that we don't stress the real hard facts. You know, yeah, love one another. If, if we're all loving one another, we, that's why we probably can't even find ten virgins anymore, you know? But it, it, <laughs> <laughs> you got 23 right here. <laughs> I couldn't resist that one. Go out. Well, it was just, Go ahead. Can, what could we, you know, what, what is it with the church that we don't stress that message now, the real mm -hmm. hard truths about heaven, hell, and mm -hmm. sanctifying grace? I teach catechism, and I stress sanctifying grace, and I tell you, it's the first time a seventh grade class ever heard it is when I brought it up, so that's not good. Well, I think, I promised you'd be good tonight. <laughs> You're absolutely right. Not only do they not stress sanctifying grace, they don't stress actual grace because they've taken away sin. See, I have to know that I, I can sin, I do have temptations, and sin is, is something everyone can commit. When I know that, I know I can also resist. That God gives me the grace to resist. And that grace is the grace of the moment. Sanctifying grace is when I keep away from mortal sin. Some of our dear priests have succumbed to liberalism, humanism, modernism, and some are communists. I don't mean card-carrying communists, but their whole attitude is be good to your neighbor. That is not going to save anybody. I have to have something in here. I have to have God in here. I have to have his grace. I have to have his love in order to love my neighbor. I have to do for you what I would do for him. And that's why I say to my liberal brother, if you want your kind of church, go and have it. But don't prevent me from being and longing for that holy Roman Catholic Church and all her doctrines. There's more Mother Angelica answering the call on EWTN Radio. Let's return to Mother Angelica answering the call with Father Joseph and Doug Kecht on EWTN Radio. And we are back and appreciate you staying with us for part two of Mother Angelica Answering the Call. Doug Keck along with Father Joseph Mary Wolf. Next up, a question for Mother on how one meditates on the Holy Trinity. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's confusing for people, right? Right. Do I pray to the Father? Do I pray to the Son? Do I pray to the Holy Spirit? Well, they are all one, right? And so we also have to say that how does the church pray? And the, prayer, uh, the way that we pray at Mass is we pray to the Father, through the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So we know that that's the formula that God has revealed himself in Jesus Christ. And so all of our prayers in the Mass typically are through Jesus Christ. He is the way. 
So he's joined himself to our humanity. So he's that instrument through which we can be united to the Father in the Holy Spirit. And of course, that's natural because Jesus came and mm-hmm. was born and lived among us. And so in that way, he's obviously the most relatable, at least for people to be able to mm-hmm. pray to. Exactly right. He became incarnate, dwelt among us. I like, too, the understanding that the Holy Spirit is visible in his actions, right? So we look at the Acts of the Apostles, and what do we see? We see the actions of the Holy Spirit prompting and inspiring and moving and healing and all of these different works. So in that way, we see the Holy Spirit's visible actions in what uh, he moves people to do. And every time you say the Our Father, you're speaking to the Mm -hmm. Father, obviously. And so I don't think we need to get caught up in, am I giving enough time to each one? I don't think they're jealous of one another. (laughs) Exactly. And uh, we often should say the glory be. So we bring all three persons in the glory be in our divine office as religious. Every psalm is concluded with the glory be to the blessed Trinity. Very good. How to meditate on the Holy Trinity. We have a call. Hello? Hi, Mother Angelica. Hi, how are you? Good. Um, I'm calling from Montclair, New Jersey. Mm-hmm. Um, mainly the question I have this evening is, um, I guess I'm confused. I don't know if I'm confused or not. Um, through reading in the Bible and talking to different people of many, many faiths, actually also within the Catholic faith, um, we're about the Trinity, about Jesus. Am I paying too much emphasis on Jesus? Not enough on God the Father. Mainly, I guess I'm finding myself to be searching on about God uh, through meditation Well, the Father is creator. That's something he does. But you want to address a person for who he is. He's Father. And and the Trinity is one God. They're not three gods. There's only one God. You see? The mind of the Father, as St. Paul says, is this word, the eternal word, constantly issuing forth from the Father. Just your, your word is constantly issuing forth from you. And so the Father's word is this word, is the Son. Jesus became man. And that love between the Father and Son is the Holy Spirit. So there's only one God. When you say Father, the Son, and the Spirit are glorified. If you say Jesus, the Father, and the Spirit are glorified. If you have devotion to the Holy Spirit, then that's the love of God. You see, there's no, you, you, you can't make a mistake. A lot of, I have a lot of, um, love for the son because I, I'm his spouse. I have a lot of love for the father. And you know what I do? I pray to any one of them as the spirit leads me. If I want to, if I want an, I want to make an awesome meditation and I think of the father. If I want to think of the love and the compassion of the father, I think of Jesus. If I want to think of the love of the father, I think of the Holy Spirit. See? If I'm, if I'm grateful for all the things that God has done for me, I'm grateful to the Father. If I'm grateful for the fact that I have the sacraments, the Eucharist especially, and, and confession, I, I go to Jesus. And to me, the Holy Spirit is like a friend. I have a father, I have a spouse, and I have a friend. An eternal God friend. And Jesus said this, well, let's see if I can find it in here. I think I got it marked. One of these pages, here we go. He says here, 
I shall not call you servants anymore because a servant does not know his master's business. Oh, hey, come on. Isn't that wonderful? I know my master's business. See, all those secrets is how you're in here. I call you friends. Oh, can you imagine being a friend of Jesus, huh? Oh. See, every time you sin, you don't want to be a friend of Jesus anymore. It's like you're being a heel. See, so don't, don't worry about which of the three persons you pray to. When you pray to one, you pray to them all. Although we attribute creation to the Father, it, it was through the Word that all creation came, and the, the, the Lord said, let there be light, and the Spirit moved. There was light. That being you can call Father. Wow. I would worry about that. Just whatever you're, in whatever position your soul is in, meaning whatever condition it's in, whatever, however the Spirit leads you, be at peace and go. And closing out this week's program, a question on reading the lives of the saints, which Mother mm -hmm. always enjoyed, right, Father? She did. She got a lot from them. But she also understood... You know, that we're not called to be another saint the way that they were exactly. But we're called to be the saint that is ourselves. <laughs> you know, you're to be Doug Keck of Irondale, Saint Doug Keck of Irondale, right? <laughs> Through your own. That's pretty scary. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> but it's true, you know, and your own cooperation and God calling you to be here and to support Mother and to continue this work. And for me too, and for all of us involved in radio and television. That that's what we're called to be a saint in our time and history and our circumstances. And his mother would always say, you're not plaster of Paris saint. You're not mm -hmm. a wax saint. You're a real person. These people had issues that they had mm -hmm. to overcome in their own life. Everything always wasn't perfect for them. And you need to understand that so that you can relate better to your own uh, trail that you're mm -hmm. leading yourself, God's leading you on for holiness. Yeah, the struggle is going to be part of it. It's part of our personality. It's part of being a fallen creature. But we're being restored. We're being sanctified by the grace of God. And so we continue forward. We continue to look with hope, with our eyes fixed on the goal. Right, and a great way to do that is read the lives of the saints. We have another call. Hello? Hello. Where are you from? I am uh, from Illinois. My name is Charles. Okay, Charles, what's your question? I've been reading the lives of some great saints, St. Uh, Francis and St. Uh, Claire of Assisi, St. Teresa of Avila. Yeah. And I find that the latter, I feel that I should be on on my pilgrimage to heaven. I'm not even on it yet. Well, if you're living, you are. And you are living, definitely. If you're striving, if you're reading the lives of the saints, at least you're making an effort. But you see, you're reading the lives of mystical saints. Why don't you go to Mother Cabrini, Don Bosco, who, well, every saint is different. The little flower of Jesus. Read those saints that are more akin to your way of life. They worked, 
They ate, they slept, they drank, they had their, their big crosses, their little crosses. The difference between the saints and ourselves is that Jesus and Mary was a part of their daily life. We seem to have two lives. One wrapped around ourselves and sin and everything else. The other, well, on Sundays. We're pretty good. So I, I think you have to understand holiness is for everybody. For more about Mother Angelica and to listen to her shows, go to EWTN.com. See you next time on Mother Angelica, answering the call only on EWTN Radio.